Hello, Saniacs! As usual, we'll start this off with some pre-episode housekeeping. First off, we want to bring awareness to Fight, film intervening Getting High team, and their upcoming film, Habit, which stars CT, so I highly recommend checking it out. You can follow them at Habit Movie on Facebook and see some more information at fightopiates.org. We also have some exciting Saniac news in the works. Saniac Podcast is launching its new website sometime next week, so stay on high alert. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be fabulous. If you don't like the design, it's because Zach did it all. If you do like it, it's definitely because I did it all. (laughs) We are also launching our Instagram soon, and we will be churning out some very juicy content, so follow us there. You can follow us on all of our platforms at Saniac Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and our own podcast page. If you like us, go ahead and rate us on iTunes. And if you don't like us, please do not rate us on iTunes. I'm not looking for two storage. Thank you. And here we go, signing us in. This is Shawnee Suisa, and I'm joined by my always radiant co-host, Mr. Calhoun. What's up, Stans? All right. All right, Zach. How you feeling, Johnny? We have a big episode today. There's so much going on. There's so much tea being spilled. And and just on top of that, I mean, there's so many virtual games going on. Like, I honestly can't keep all of this straight. I've got, I've got mole exams to take. I've got like murder mystery <laughs> clues. I've got tweet wars. How many lot. seasons are you in right now? Like two and a half. Oh I, I, I can't I can't accurately say. I <laughs> two mean, and a half. You know, I love that. Stuff going down. <laughs> are people still working with you? You still get alliances happening? I don't know how much longer people will still be working with me. I don't know. I don't know either. Riding it out. Riding it out as long as it lasts. But Yeah, solid. Um, yeah, so this week was crazy in terms of just the cha- the challenge tea was just flowing. I couldn't even believe what was going on. There was like tons of Twitter beef. I mean, there was marital issues brought to the surface. There was it, it so was much going on. seriously <laughs> incredible. Mm. Um, all the shit that went down this week. Like some of the stuff I don't even understand. Like I'm really hoping that people can help us clear some of these things up because they, oh, they don't even like same fully add up to me so yeah i've got lots got of questions added. lots and lots of questions um so yeah start us off i think we'll start off with the brad and tory beef that was a pretty prominent juice this week in the challenge world um for those well, of you who don't know what we're talking about i say we fill them in we'll read out the tweets right now so you understand what interaction we're talking about so it started off with Brad going to, I guess, the Chicago Lake with Nani and Jenna. And, you know, they had posted a photo and Tori posts the picture to her Twitter. For all of you newbies who don't know, Tori is uh, Brad's ex. OG Tori. Yeah, OG Tori. And she goes, hey, Brad, enjoy your day out on the lake. If you are going to bail on your weekends with the kids because you're busy, and that's in quotations, you shouldn't post pictures on social media with a cute little emoji. So that was definitely some shade thrown right into Brad's face. And Tori, you know, she's not that loud all the time. So I was, I mean, I don't know. They've got their weird beef online. It's just a little bit interesting. And right after that, or I guess was it the next day, Brad posts, 
what I thought was just a conversation that Tori was sending him messages, but I guess he actually deleted all of his responses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he really, sp- uh, yeah, he really, like, fire. you know, showed us the smoking gun right there. Mm. You deleted all your shit, dude. Like, like we don't know on. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly just thought it was, because I have conversations like that where my friends just message me and then I don't answer. Like, if I'm busy, right? But I'm getting mm-hmm. all of them. So I wasn't sure, but it's pretty clear now that he deleted all of his messages. So we have no fucking idea what the other side was. Um, and Brad posted a photo of essentially half the conversation. Um, and he, it was of Tori sort of sorting out logistics saying that okay if you're not coming this weekend come that weekend and I don't know to me as a child of divorced parents I just always see this kind of shit online and think to myself you are potentially ruining your kids by going so public with all this information you know I was so lucky my parents kept things really quiet and it was just sort of you know personal and it wasn't like blatant attacks and things like this and I think that they're really doing themselves a disservice by going about it in this way so I don't know this shit is crazy and I've heard like so many different viewpoints and and people feel very strongly about this and I've definitely heard uh, you know what you're saying like there's a lot of people out there who come from divorced families and who have dealt with stuff like this and, and they have like very personal personable experiences and things that they've been through and I respect a lot of that um, what I was shocked about was to see how many people were trying to like drag Tori over this and oh I'm me just, too I, I'm just gonna go in I have I have very strong thoughts on this and there's a lot in. of people out there that are pissing me off about this shit like uh, first of all, let me just quote uh, the great Marie Rhoda, who said last year to Brad during Pizzagate, you don't take care of your kids, mother, your two kids, motherfucker. <laughs> so that, that was, was like the first line. bullet fired. And you saw how Brad was on that season. You saw mm-hmm. the shit that he was doing. He was acting like a fucking 20 year old. He was like a college kid. It was yeah. like him and, and Brittany at a frat party all day. I mean, like, I don't stupid. need to know someone personally. Like when when I am able to study their behavior enough, like it is clear to me and feel free to prove me wrong that Mm. this dude will drop anything he's doing at this point in his life to be on MTV, to do anything. If they called up Brad and were like, Brad, we need you to do a guest spot on Teen Mom, Brad will be on Teen Mom. All right. That's the way I see it. (laughs) Yeah, I believe that. I do. I agree with that. I think I think, though, to some extent, it is of benefit to his kids if he is on MTV because of the fact that it's probably going to be his highest paying outlet that he can get. Um, I'm not sure what I, else I he does. I think it would be a benefit to him as well, but he acts like a, a fucking jackass. Yeah. Like, CT's got a kid, and he's not on TV doing, like, actually doing someone. He's not doing anyone on TV. He's <laughs> What Brad is doing is crazy to me. So when to, the, to me, this was so cut and dry. I'm sure maybe they did have some sort of confusion, but the bottom line is whatever Brad said he was doing, he didn't end up doing. I don't care if it fell through or if he ditched it. And like he posted pictures of you know hanging out with challenge people and yeah. farting on a lake. And the woman who is raising his kids, who has majority custody of these kids and is raising them every day and almost every weekend, like she had a weak moment and she said something about it. And I don't fucking blame her because everything mm-hmm. she said, from what I can tell, is true. Mm-hmm. And now there's kind of been this backlash. And here's my issue with the backlash. So many of these people that I'm seeing on Facebook and on Twitter are defending Brad because they like Brad 
And why do they like Brad? They like Brad because they're fans of the show. So and they're because thinking, he's on it now. They're new yes. fans. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it's new fans and it's people mm. who grew up watching this guy. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, he was one of my favorite challengers on the show. And they're letting that paint the way that they view this. <coughs> Cooper. <coughs> Cooper. Mm. Um, and I just cannot for the life of me believe that people would be so biased in that manner. And it works the same way towards Tori because Tori, I, I talk to a lot of people about these shows and people look back on Tori and they're like, Oh, she was horrible. She was annoying, blah, blah, blah. I don't feel that way. I thought Tori was a, was a very underrated person personality on the show. And there's no fucking way that Brad would have ever won cutthroat without her. Like seriously, prove me mm. wrong on that. Oh, that's for there, sure. That's for sure. No, well, she kept them all in. Her political game is what got, what kept she that whole team in. She ran the whole season, in. and people are so yeah. mad about that. They're so mad about that fact, and, and they're just like, no, she sucked, blah, blah, blah. But so now we're getting this, oh, well, we don't know what Brad's side of it really is. What if, I mean, Brad mm. would never do that. I saw people say that. Say this. I, I screen capped it. I've seen it. Said, people said Brad would uh, never Brad do that? Do uh, Brad's not dumb oh, enough come to post on. pictures of himself on the lake. Uh, you know, it's pretty obvious to me that Tori's lying. These people are going based on nothing. So yeah. you guys got to get your head out of your asses. Uh, yes, he In was terms a school of on teacher. the challenge? He quit his job as a school teacher. Who was a school teacher? To be on Brad? the show, yeah. Oh, I didn't know he, he was a school. What subject? Before, I don't, I don't know. But before he came <laughs> back on the show, he was a school teacher. <laughs> oh, I didn't know yep. that. Yeah, my thing with Tori is I actually loved her on her um, road rule season. I forgot. What was that? Viewer's yes, Revenge? I I was a fan of that season. Like, I know everybody hates that season. Mm-hmm. They say it's like the worst road rule season. But I actually love that road rule season. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Um, and I just like the fact that the viewers were always so shitty <laughs> when competing against the road um, rulers like, but tori was really good tori was and it's clear why she was was you know the person who got multiple callbacks and they wanted to bring back from that season like she brought a lot i mean the people who don't like tori will probably always point to her reaction when abe and adam got in a fight on that season do you remember that mm. it was really mm. early and, yeah and, oh my god that was yeah. crazy and, who got someone got sent home yeah. right a- abe got sent home yeah. and she was like tori's like screaming in the background that that fight's still on youtube i think <laughs> oh my god yeah, yeah and she was, yeah, crying. she was crying it was like it was like a fish <laughs> out of water the first time she'd ever seen anything unsuburban. Yeah. so you, you take her from that point and then you you take you know you take what tori became on cutthroat when she ran that season like that's a really good arc that's that's someone who really learned how to play the game and i have a lot of respect for that and i don't have respect for people who are trying to be like oh tori's jealous that you know brad's hanging out with younger hotter girls like dude i don't need to wiki dude, this what do you think that? the age difference is between tori and nani i maybe two years maybe yeah <laughs> Tori was like 20 when she started the show also, I mean, it's not like Tori isn't super hot. Yeah. Like, I don't she's, think she's jealous she's about looks. She's a legitimate like pageant queen. Also, she's definitely not jealous that Brad is. I mean, they're obviously they're split. They're done. Yeah. Tori's, you know, she's over so him. So jealous of balding Brad. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look at this dude's hair every week. You know, Brad. As we're gonna get into it, Brad needs to probably 
take a ride on Shane's uh, Shane's hair plug helmet or whatever it is that he's that using. shit is hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that helmet yeah. is, but honestly, it just made my day. I think um, when it comes to Brad, something that was a little bit uneasy with me is he seems like such a manic personality, right? He's someone who's so up and down. Uh, you know, it's it's not like he is stable all the time. But watching him on this season right now, first of all, I think the fact that Brittany's not there makes me slightly like him more in a way because he's so game focused that I'm just watching a competitor. I'm not watching somebody on there who's like being a hooligan. Right. I'm just watching somebody who could potentially be on a powerhouse team, uh, you know, doing work and watching him with that. I don't know. It was it was so weird. It was like he was trying to be so calm, but underneath all I saw was mania oh, yeah. and and this like a manic episode brewing and it was just it freaked me out. It was almost like the calm before the storm. Like I looked at that and I I was I don't know, something super uneasy about the fact that he was so level-headed with his eyes like just <laughs> popping. I, I hope that we get something Ooh. out of Brad this season where it's like Oh, that that's the that's the guy like that's the Brad that, that we remember. That's the Brad that we all enjoyed. I hope we see some of that this season without Brittany there. But yeah, he was cool, but he was never I don't know. I guess he, to me, he was never I liked his real world season. Um, He was on San Diego. Yes. right? I mean, yeah. So the OG San Diego, I loved that season. I thought it was a good season. And I remember liking Brad from then, but I didn't like, like there was moments in the challenge where I really liked him when he was, you know, the nice one who was actually helping Big Easy. I thought that that was a really good uh, sort of oh, yeah. scene for him. That just, that to me, that was just like, all right, that's, that's good people right there. Even though I am competitive, I still wouldn't kill someone to no, win. It's I'm not one just of not my that favorite kind of moments like ever. Mm in the show people don't like it people don't like gauntlet too. three that's like my favorite season just because of that shit dude we'll get to that yeah someday. they screwed themselves oh, yeah. by not i mean it was just a it bit them in the ass so, so many great was, things that happened yeah. uh ct was just he was just throwing heat that entire season like he was so out of his fucking mind uh queen mm. jill getting her big win you know a lot of really important things happened uh for my challenge fandom jill. on that season Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that that was so I don't know, Brad, to me, it's not like he's an icon or anything that I was super looking forward to having him back. But he's also not horrible on the show. Now, I just think this whole Twitter thing, he needs to freaking relax. And, you know, I had Dan Walsh in here, who's really good friends with Tori. And they, you know, they speak yeah, a yeah, lot they the same season. And from what I, I can only really judge based on who I know in person and who I'm speaking to. And from what I heard from him, it just felt like, Tori is a really caring mother, someone who's really level-headed, who just sort of loses her cool every now and then and goes online because, you know, Brad pushes her to her limits when it comes to not being a healthy co-parent. So I feel for it's her. It's not hard to see. Like, if you're looking at this from an unbiased perspective, it is not hard to see that one person is doing their absolute best as a parent mm. and the other person is slacking. So what yeah. I didn't appreciate was that there were people <coughs> Cooper <coughs> Cooper again um, who, who <coughs> were trying to, yeah, who were trying to say that okay so she messed you know she messed up she tweeted she mm. tweeted something so you know bad on her Brad we don't know the full story they're trying they're trying to level the playing field here but like she's going yeah. above and beyond and and it's it's unfair for her to to try and even lump her into that in my opinion and say well she did do this Okay, but but mm. she was with the kids. She's the one who spent her entire weekend with the kids. Yeah, 100%. She wakes them up every day. She takes them to school. I mean, I totally agree with that. And I think um, a point about 
I'm just going to call him out because Zach Cooper, that shit is bullshit. You sexually harassed a bunch of people. You're still in all the fan groups. And yet someone who added one person to the chat got kicked out. And I just think that it's a load of crap that you don't understand what the fuck we're talking about by sexual harassment. Um, And I hope that one day you realize it. And I hope that, you know, you genuinely do figure out the best way to approach women because the way you went about it. No bueno, mister, let me tell you. I, I do think it's crazy that, you know, the kid put his head down for a while because w- whatever side of it was real, whatever side was, and he was like, all right, I'm going to step back here. But then when he resurfaces mm-hmm. on the group, he's he's dropping bombs. He goes in. <laughs> Very yeah, controversial definitely. takes, man. And I don't even think he's a horrible human being. I really don't. I just think he's actually uh, naive or ignorant to what his behavior was and how it could have been seen as negative. So I think that that's just a matter of education and he just needs to get with it. Mm. And hopefully, you know, one of his friends slaps him in the face and gets him, you know, gets him back on the ground. Um, Let's move on to Kaylee and Nelson. I think this, honestly, I was confused about this. I don't know if you have the full story behind this. I'd love it if our fans could chime in because I was fucking confused. I'm really hoping someone does because yeah, this is what I'm not clear on. Um, So I'll go through the tweets here. Uh, Nelson tweeted out and said, uh, thank you, Marie, for not having a life and having my name in your mouth and for my busted lip and getting my stuff thrown outside the apartment in the UK. Luckily, I have friends because I wouldn't even know where to go out of respect for, for, uh, shenanity, which is Shane. I will keep your private life out of this. Yeah, what was that reference to Shane? I was so confused. So then Marie responds and says, um, I read this imagining you whimper. If you want to keep things <laughs> private, you can answer my text message that I sent to you prior to your tweet. Otherwise, I can only recommend ice 20 minutes on and 20 minutes off. I fucking love her. She <laughs> kills me. That was, me. that was quite the clapback. She's, yeah, she's clever on social media. I just don't understand the story. I think they... So here's what I'm piecing together. Yeah, go for it. So I know that Nelson was posting pictures that he was going to the UK, and I guess he was going to hang out with Kaylee. Mm. People were people were starting to ship that a little bit. People were like, oh, Nelson and Kaylee. I don't ship Which, it. Okay, if you want to ship don't it, I don't. ship it. Um, I guess Marie was involved somehow. I guess Marie was there and drama started somehow. And I'm assuming that, that Marie, <laughs> Marie threw those hands at Nelson uh, and, and must have drawn some blood. Is that what happened? And then she hit him? I'm thinking she hit him. I was thinking Kaylee hit Nelson because he's talking about how like a relationship with violence and I don't know it was just it weird would either be, it would either be Marie hitting him or Marie like influencing Kaylee to hit him or like saying something to Kaylee that made Kaylee hit him and throw yeah. his stuff out maybe maybe mm. that could be it maybe it was Nelson and Kaylee hanging out and then Marie you know messaging Kaylee behind the mm. scenes and I could see I could see that yeah. being it I mean, either way, if Marie hit him, that's I need a video. I need, <laughs> I need to watch that. Um, but yeah, it was very confusing. Oh. And then even more confusing was the talk on the episode. Nelson apparently signed up for next season of X on the Beach, and I'm guessing Marie told Kaylee, and then Kaylee hit Nelson. Rhonda, that's what we're talking about right there. That's uh, key input. Okay. Uh, Kaylee hit Nelson. Which doesn't surprise me. So- oh i love that yes oh my god not that i promote violence in any relationship Mm. but 
But when it's kill a Kelly and Nelson, you know, it's uh, that is pretty funny <laughs> that she popped him. Um, do we want to see Nelson on X on the beach? I don't, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about Nelson. I think as a TV character, he's all right. I think as a potential boyfriend, he's so fucking emotional. Mm-hmm. I couldn't deal with it. You know, the whole conversation he was having with Zach. Well, I mean, we'll get into more of this later, but just in terms of Nelson, he's so emotional and he's so... He's looking for so much, you know, he's he needs to just relax and breathe. And I think he would have a better time with girls. Um, But he seems like really in his head all the time. And I don't know, there was just a lot going on there. Um, The irony of Kaylee throwing someone's stuff out. That's pretty hilarious, Lenny. That is true. That is great. I didn't even... That is true. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's I mean, listen, Kaylee's actually thrown someone's stuff in the pool before. I think it was on uh, X on the Beach UK or fuck. What was it? I can't remember what show it was on. But yeah, she's done that kind of thing before. I think the big issue was just that it was, you know, groups getting up on her. Um, but yeah, I'm glad. Thanks, Rhonda. Thanks for clearing that up. Hopefully we'll get a real clear picture of what happened at some point. You know, maybe the Twitter tea will unleash itself in full and we'll be able to understand the full story so we'll keep you guys tuned on what we find out um and let's just touch quickly before we start the recap on the grunt guy we need to revisit this topic slightly because little bitch he canceled the los angeles event claiming that the challengers had mtv events i'm not sure if he understands the definition of challenger And if he understands just how many there are in Los Angeles, but that really pissed me off. It was like he couldn't put effort to figure out another way to do that, you know, without those other challengers. I mean, people would still come in for the OG cast and there's tons of them. Imagine you got Beth there. I'd rather Beth than the newbies. I could probably see the newbies anywhere. It's mind boggling to me how badly this guy just dropped the ball. Um, Exactly Mm. what you're saying. So Regardless of what the cast is going to be in December for the next challenge, it's like you just said, you got Beth, you got Susie and Sarah, you've got possibly Darrell, yeah. you've got Mark Long, you've got mm. all these people, all these people out there, Cyrus, Cyrus, Cyrus would come in a heartbeat. I love how, him. how could you fuck that up? You, I mean, that's it. Is there going to be another grunt guy? Like, is there going to be another challenge throwdown? I, th- I don't think there would be. 100%. I mean, Noor lives here also. He's such a legend for anyone People, who's an actual fan. Yes, and he resurfaced yeah. recently. Like, the, yeah. If you're a true fan... Jillian, she could drive up. You got Dan Walsh, who lives close by. I mean, there's tons of people out here. You know, you could probably fly Abe out. He's always down for random things, apparently. So if Jill drove you know, up to lots. Los Angeles for the event, and as You'd far as out. I know, she lives in SoCal. <laughs> I'd be there. Yeah, it'd be yeah. hell yeah. It'd be Saniac Podcast Live. It'd be the three of us. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh reliving. yeah. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> Bring her into the studio. And that's I'd the other side out. of it. Is that there was a lot of people in the groups that we're in and that we talked to. They were really excited mm. and we're like, let's plan something like let's get people out there uh, yeah. and do some kind of meetup before the event even happens. And people were really excited about that. And he canceled it. He caught shit for it. And Good. then his wife came into the picture. He deserves to catch shit. Yeah, his wife did. And I've got the tweet. I've got the comments and I'd love to read them out. Um, And on that note, you know, some people bought flights, you know, people were flying out from Boston. Obviously, I don't know why they didn't just go to the New York event. But still, (laughs) like, you know, there's tons of people who are organizing things. So it's really screwed up. And on that note, we have Brittany Zinzer Hall. That's right. I'm going to say full names. I really don't give a shit. She commented and deleted these after. So I do take that with, you know, a little bit 
there is a little bit to say there and the fact that she deleted them it means that she does obviously regret the comments or feels like she shouldn't have wrote them but at the same time this was her emotion in the heat of you know in the heat of the moment this was what she was feeling um, if you write and something on the internet shitty. it does not go away it's yeah, it doesn't go the away. constant tale of precaution for athletes for entertainers and for people mm-hmm. on challenge facebook groups it does not go away people <laughs> screenshot Hell yeah. So she comments, she goes, it's a really long thing, so sort of paraphrase, but it was, you know, well, shit, that sucks. These events were canceled. It sucks people, you know, didn't purchase enough tickets in advance to make today's event possible. It sucks he has a day job, two little boys, one who special needs. It sucks he can't give 24 hours a day, a damn day to sit on Facebook and making the world happy. Um, You know, anything to do with MTV overrides any other contract, like trying to really give a lot of excuses. Um, the shirts are old news. He said several times what happened with these and people have have and are being refunded. Uh, seriously, no need to come on here and constantly bash someone for doing the very best he can. And no other states are not overlooked. Things are just don't always plan as worked out. Give the guy a break. If you don't have a problem, fine. But don't be so damn rude. He has a life outside of these events. And, you know, she just really went in on all of the people who really had a right to be upset apologies to those who are butthurt but he is a human and life and shit happens attend the next event or don't plenty of other happy people will just stop bitching y'all just don't even know what is going on in his personal life either like it or not everyone has a personal life so yeah have a great night i mean my thing with this is every human being has a life right Every single person, a person who bought a ticket, a person who's selling a ticket, a person who's throwing the event, a person who's attending, a person who's performing. I mean, all of these people have lives. It's not like just he has a life. So while, yes, it might be difficult for him and all of these things, some people could have shelled out a lot of money in order to get themselves to this event. You know, it's not like everybody can just afford to come out to L.A. whenever on a whim and, you know, just buy another ticket for another event or whatever or wait now for this refund. You know, this was this could have been something that was a big deal for people. So I think while, yeah, he has a life, that same excuse could be said for every single human being. And I think it's so shitty to go on Facebook, especially in terms of customer service, something that I worked in for a while. I mean, that's the worst way to go about it is to start yelling at people. And I think that's something that really perpetuated the negative comments is the fact that he went about it in one of the shittiest ways I've ever seen. So being in over his head, he claimed that he was going to donate all this money to Medgift, then, you know, went back on that. Obviously, that was really the the first hit that got people being like, who the hell are you? Um, you know, then it came to the T-shirts and then it came to the fact that he was canceling events, canceling whole events. And then it was like he was canceling one of the big city events. So I think just the fact that he's gone about everything in such a poor manner and, and in such a poor crowd control way i mean he really had no real strategy in how to make this all come across as listen guys i am so sorry that we have to cancel this event you know i'm really i'm fucking gutted i didn't want to have to do this i wanted to give you guys you know the best event that was possible and you know really pouring his heart out in that way and just showing the people that he's a genuine human being he sits on a live video like this you know, slouched for a grumpy hour with his head like down here in the frame. You know what I mean? And he sits there for like three hours talking and blabbering on blah, blah, blah in a really negative tone. And then when people ask questions, he tells them, well, maybe you should have watched the live video that went on for three fucking hours. Like, 
all right, but what about all the all the things in life that people have to do? What about the two kids that other people have? You know, what about the job that we people don't have twenty four hours a day to sit on Facebook and watch live videos to find fucking reasons for one sentence? I mean, we were really nice to him last week, but I was really pissed off about the way he handled this whole thing. And I just think at this point, it's like he shot himself in the foot. I offered him help. Tons of people offered him help. He didn't want any of it. He's just one of those people who in over his head, doesn't know what he's doing, thought he could. And, you know, he's shut out of luck because now there's a lot of people who are pretty against him. And I hope you guys all stay tuned to some potential Saniac events because the market is open. <laughs> so when we talked about Grunk Guy last week, I would say that we are both very fair to him and we both walked the line and we both mm -hmm. said, listen, I can understand that this guy's in over his head, but he means mm -hmm. well. 100%. We were so kind. We are not nearly as positive on this guy this week. I do not appreciate this. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's clear that you are not very good at the job that you're trying to do if you couldn't if you couldn't even put together an event in los angeles uh like yeah, seriously uh, an absolute hub for entertainment where mtv like has a foot a bit a giant foothold where probably half the mm -hmm. fucking veteran cast members live and here's my other issue i heard his conversation with Susie and sarah and his live and what his wife was saying and there's some points that they always bring up when people are coming down on him they always say, hey, he's got a disabled child. And hey, you know, he was in the military. So, okay, but here's the thing. Nobody was asking you to do this in the first place. You did this. Mm. You decided to get into this market. Like, it's not all for charity. You are trying to make money off of it by your own admission, or you attempted to make money off of it. And then when you're catching criticism, is I feel like it's kind of a crutch to say, well, you know, he's got a disabled child. Uh, you know, I was in the military. That's why I care about MedGift. Maybe, mm -hmm. but but it also seems like, seems like you're trying to cover your ass a little bit. A hundred percent. And it's, you know, the fact that, listen, I respect people who have that kind of a difficulty in their life because I know that it is so hard to be a parent to a disabled child. I know that. I, you know, I'm not delusional. I don't think it's like this really easy thing, like suck it up and just do it and don't complain. But at the same time, those that I respect most are the ones who you know, do it without a loud need for uh, some sort of recognition for doing it, you know, as if it's like, get the ultimate prize, you know, you're the only one in the world doing it, and you're doing it the best, we're going to constantly give you praise for it. And I think it's just kind of, it's just some seeking a lot of pity and a lot of excuses that just don't really work for me you know why are you trying to bring your family and your personal life into your professional life if I came into work and was like oh I'm really fucking emotional I'm on my period today yeah. like my hormones are fucking through the roof like I mean that happens once a month to every single woman right but what if, if we brought our personal lives to work in that way that's so fucking weird and so unprofessional what why would I ever do that imagine that you know what I mean? Like, I've had family issues. Someone passes away. I mean, yes, listen, I work at the Jewish Journal, so I get Shiva week off, right? But that's it. Like, I'm not coming in here after and then, you know, using that as an excuse for why I can't accomplish work. Life goes on. Life goes on. If you couldn't do the event, own up to it. Don't blame it on your kid. Like, come on. Don't blame it on your kid. You know, don't blame it on all these other things. You can just say, I'm so sorry, due to personal circumstances, right? Like a true professional would. The event has to be canceled. We are looking into doing another event and we will keep you guys posted. Tickets will be re refunded, you know, ASAP, not 20 tickets a day like he's trying to do or whatever. This customer service model <laughs> needs some he serious needs help work. with that. Yeah, it really does. 
Um, and ooh, speaking of Beth, we got her doing a Q&A in September. Yo. Holy shit. All right, that's going on in Challenge Talk. So everybody stay tuned because she is a legend. I actually spoke to her on the phone when Cyrus was in here. I fucking love Beth. What an icon, let me tell you. Rhonda, and, what a pull. You guys got Beth. I oh. Yeah, that's definitely a pull. And you know, Greg... Uh, he's commenting a few things right now. He earlier claimed that uh, he quit his day job to focus on these full time on the events. He's talking about the grunt guy. So that's interesting that he went and claimed, you know, that he that he quit his job and now he's using that as an excuse as well. Um, apparently, also the golf throwdown in Illinois is the same day as the Challenge Mania live event um, in September. So that's pretty annoying, I think, for Challenge Mania and, you know. With that, we should also say Challenge Mania, great podcast. They gave us a shout out. Not too big a fan of their audio quality. I think that they could improve in that way. Um, but just they're such nice guys. And Scott is is such a great host. And I think he brings a lot to the show. I love you, Derek. I think you're also great. But Scott definitely leads that show. So check that out. They do some great episodes. And we were shouted out in the Nicole Ramos episode. Yeah, that was cool. And I think it's clear that Scott is a bigger fan of the show than Grunk Guy is. Just from what I'm, <laughs> just from what I'm observing, <laughs> clearly, um, I'm pretty sure. Definitely, if I was Scott's a really nice guy. In California, he would have the uh, presence of mind to call up people that you know are mm. like, go beyond the same 10, 15 challengers that everyone today thinks need to be there. Definitely. And um, on that note of challenge, I really hope I can make it to that event. I don't know if I'm gonna be in town then, so I'm pretty bummed. But hopefully, I will I can finally meet Scott in person. Um, and, you know, talk to them a little bit more, get some more inside scoop. I think it's Susie and Sarah mm-hmm. that are going to be at that event. So that'll be pretty cool. Oh, you know, I got cool. love for, you know, Susie and Sarah in, in their own way. Yeah, you freakish Susie, Sarah. Susie's my, Susie's my girl. She is a, she's a true legend. And, and any haters. And she looks like can... Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> any haters, you can at me. Uh, yeah, you can. Um, all right, so let's get into the episode. I mean, we're 30 minutes into this live, and there was just so much challenge to you that we just had to we had to dive into all yeah, of that. Yeah, that's what it comes down um, to. Like, there was so much shit that needed to, to be talked so about. Much. And I mean, let's be honest, like, not too much happened in this episode, so I think we can get yeah. through it pretty quick. <laughs> Honestly, it's, uh, it's funny you said that, because when I was watching it, I was thinking, please let there be not that much action, because we have so much on the yes. recap already. They did us a favor. <laughs> the editing team did us a favor. Um, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think this episode spanned like a day. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it. It was just so. It, it's almost as if they're fucking with us at this point. I don't know what schedule they have laid out for the challenge season right now, but they are dragging. So it is. Uh, it was pretty publicized this week online that the the finale and reunion of Final Reckoning are scheduled for November. So people are thinking yeah. to themselves like, oh my God, they are going to stretch this out for this long. And it's clear thus far why it's going to take that long. And and that's, mm-hmm. just, that's just the way that the show has shifted going back to, I, I don't know, I'd say bloodlines almost. Um, probably yeah. bloodlines and, and up through now is that they're, they want to focus on all of the interpersonal drama so much and draw it out and try and squeeze every bit of juice mm-hmm. out of that. And... I, th- I think maybe Dirty 30. Bloodline was still pretty competitive. Yeah. I mean, the final was shit, but I don't know. I don't know when they really started that whole thing, but it's it's been the past few seasons that they've definitely milked the drama. Yeah, and and you're you're just you're not getting a lot on on the action side of it. And 
I think that it's going to change. Th- things kind of go in waves. I think they're eventually going to change up the editing. Uh, you know, once they get past what you know they're calling the trilogy, then I think maybe they'll be changing up the format. They'll be changing up the look of it. But for now, like they they have some interpersonal feuds that they really want to focus on, and they want to drag you through every single bit of it. And it's not as much on on the physical and strategic mm. nature of the show right now, which which bothers some people justifiably. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So before we start off the recap, I just want to make sure everybody knows that Hannah's Hit List is our weekly recap reacts. It's a written article by Hannah. She's an awesome writer. So check those out. Um, and I'm usually pretty in line with her thinking on her reactions. I think sometimes we're a little bit off, but they're always great um, and they're very interactive. So definitely go check those out. And starting off, I mean, we had a lot of we had a lot of main house, redemption house, back and forth. That was that was really the the gist of the opening part of the episode. It was just a you know one scene here, one scene there, one scene yeah. here, one scene this there. This was the aftermath so, of Polly and Natalie losing, so it, it covers their arrival in the redemption house and they're saying shit. I believe Polly uh, was quoted as saying they just brought a whole new level of psychological warfare. Right, yeah, like okay, Polly. <laughs> let's see if Polly is is capable of that. Um, I think one of my favorite opening quotes the of the show last night was Kyle saying, "We're all gonna miss Polly," <laughs> <laughs> and then telling Card Maria to go hook up with him. But oh wait, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I so I absolutely that. love that. Yep. I love that. Uh, but yeah, in Redemption House, you see Polly and Natalie walking in, and you know they're explaining to Davon and Jose and you know, everything that happened and. Dave Hahn's response was just so on point. It was like, Playa, what you doing? Sit your ass down. Why are you creating enemies? And yes, I mean, exactly. Dave Hahn has quietly been the MVP of the season so far. And we, yes, we have spoken about her every episode. She's had at least one good line every episode. Now, as we're going to get to, they're back in the house. So mm-hmm. she's low-key killing it. Yeah, she's had she's had some solid lines, and especially considering the fact that she's been in Redemption House, so it's not like they've been doing anything over there. But the commentary that came out of Redemption House was way better than the main house. You had Jemmy and Devon killing it yeah. every episode. Um, that's yeah, hard. So that's that a was hard pretty point cool. to disagree with. Yeah, yeah, because they were just so good. Um, and you know, from then, I think you see uh, Jose talking about Brittany, which I really loved what he was saying. I thought it was hilarious. He goes, "That bitch is crazy. She's insane. Even though Chuck did stuff, he cheated for a reason because that bitch is crazy." <laughs> and I just love that. I think something that not a lot of people know, unless they watch Davon's recaps, which by the way, I agree, everyone should check them out, um, is she said that. Brittany was really quiet when the cameras were off and would let Chuck talk. But then the second the cameras would go on, she'd get really loud so he couldn't say anything. Does not surprise me one minute. You always hear cast members allude to people who are fake in front of the camera or or like say that the newer generation of people, the newer crop of people on the show are so mm. cognizant about what they want to say on camera or they'll say to the production team, like, here, follow me over here. Look what I'm about yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Brittany seems like one of those people. Brittany and Kayla both seem like those people to me. 
Yeah, definitely. I could see that. I think that now with the newer generation, they sort of caught on to what is reality TV and what's good reality TV. I also think that's a, a big reason why Polly has been acting out like a maniac because, you know, he sees this as shit. Obviously, they love, you know, vendettas. They love rivals. They love people who fight. So I'm a fight with everyone. Get called back every season kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be his game plan. Um, but yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I could see, I don't know, it just makes sense to me that Brit would be that kind. But I, I've heard that she's so nice in person and that's why I think that there is such a disconnect. And that's probably why Jose is saying she's so crazy. Not because she's maybe genuinely crazy, but because the fact that a normal person could switch like yeah, that, goes, whether a camera is there or not. And yeah. I don't doubt that she is, uh, I think we've said before, she's probably cool as shit to hang out with. Yeah, she seems like a lot of fun, but she seems like the friend you might have to take care of on a night out. <laughs> And I'm not really down for friends I have to take care right. of. <laughs> about Jemmy. Glad to. Oh, I would take care of Jemmy, though. I fucking Gladly. Gladly, yeah. That'd be great. It'd be worth it. I would lit- yeah, she's so great. Jemmy's one of my favorites. I'm honestly really sad about what happened in the rest of the episode. Um, all right. So then we go back to the main house to one of the funniest parts of the episode. <laughs> Shane's robot that head. awesome. <laughs> Shane's hair helmet. That... <laughs> He said, only connect, like, if he wanted to listen to music, it only connects to an old iPod. That's <laughs> the only way to get music into it. God, that scene was just so funny. I think you got into my head. It was like when the cool kids tell you that you should like something and you're like, what? I don't like it. And then they're like, why well, you should. Like, that's how I feel about Private Shane now. Shane. You want Shane. Yeah, you need I, Shane. Um, I like him now. He's growing on me. It, it, it is really funny, uh, and I'm sure Shane is fully aware of the irony that, you know, he was dissing Kyle's hair plugs that he got, but then then Kyle, you know, clapped him back on Twitter and said, well, you know, you might need some hair plugs yourself, so now he's, getting, <laughs> now he's using his hair helmet. Yeah, because he doesn't want to have to get the surgery like Kyle yep. did, <laughs> which I thought was so funny. All right, so let's move on. What happened next? We had Redemption House. Uh, Redemption House. Oh, yeah, this whole editing thing of Polly brushing his teeth. Did you catch that? That was hilarious. Yes. It was like, he, like watching the conversation. Mm-hmm. Come on, people. I actually really like what Greg is saying. Um, I did not listen to Polly's Challenge Mania interview, but Polly stating that he watched the show for many years. He studied recent seasons to determine strengths and weaknesses. Um, and that, you know, that he's most likely mm. premeditating the things he's doing. Uh, I do believe that. And especially based on what we saw at the end of the episode, which what, for all the bad things I'll say about him, it was my strategic play of the episode. Um, and we'll get to that, but I do believe that he is a legitimate fan. Um, before the episode aired last night, it, Paulie was the one who took over the challenge Instagram and the Instagram story. And he did a good job. Uh, he, he was talking about his favorite challengers, his favorite eliminations. And, you know, he went a little deeper into the, the lineage of the show. You know, he said his favorite elimination is West versus Derek, which, you know, a lot of hardcore fans mm. love and they talk about all the time. But, you know, MTV doesn't talk about that. You're, you're not going to get a lot. Yeah. So I do believe that he, he's an authentic fan of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. He just happens to be involved with the person who I hate the most on the show now. So uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it's guilt by association, Polly. Yeah, I could feel that also. I think a lot of what he did, I I mean, I don't know. I, I think a lot of what he did definitely felt premeditated because it was so over the top. It didn't feel like he was really going crazy. It felt like he was going crazy for a purpose and i think he genuinely believes that that's like a great strategy to play so i'm 
I'm interested to see if this works out for him. I don't I don't know. Because listen, at the same time, you can play nice to everyone and still be the biggest target in the house because you're the easy pick, yeah. right? So I think if he's, you know, he's already teamed up with Natalie. He's already big brother. Um, he's already a rookie. I mean, he has every strike working against him. And it kind of reminds me of like when Amanda first came into the show and she just went ham that first night that she was in. And that was... That to me, I remember in that moment thinking, you know, they came in late. They have, you know, they already have knocks against themselves. There are you the one They're, You know what I mean? Like they have so much going against them that why not just go a little crazy the first night? Make a stand, take a statement and um, or take a stand, make a <laughs> statement. And, and, and so I think that it's kind of similar. I think obviously Polly went a little bit crazier than Amanda did, but that definitely gives me that kind of vibe. But yeah, we can we can go on to... Oh, well, actually, Polly's quote. This was hilarious. Polly goes, Brittany, put your vagina away. <laughs> that girl, <laughs> that girl did not wear pants yeah, once. She, she was she was letting it all hang out. I don't know. I would never walk around my ex like that. Like, that's just uncomfortable. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. And Polly also unveiled his strategy to people, which I thought was an interesting move. I think it can play in two different ways. You know, when you do that, you either get somebody really heated up uh, and potentially, you know, have them make some mistakes. But I also think he could lose his, you know, he could lose his edge by giving away his strategy. So I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how he plays out, how this whole thing plays out with him. I'd like to see him come back. I think he will. Um, He'll get. He, he's pretty much secured himself another season for sure. Oh, for sure. But I mean, in this season, like yeah, make oh, it yeah, out yeah. redemption. Yeah, he still yeah, got yeah. a chance. He still does. I just like to. I would like to see what it's like now in the main house with all of the hate for him. Um, all right, so let's go back. We go into the main house. Flashback into the main house, and we have Kaylee and Nelson. So this also got me really confused. I think the confusion continued from the Twitter post. Yes. So I was I was really confused. Still, now they're together. I didn't understand what the fuck is going on. I, I just, I don't get it. First of all, I don't like them together. I don't think they're compatible. I think he's way overly emotional and too needy. Kaylee needs someone who's not going to like, I don't know, be that way. I don't It's just, they're just too. I don't see it. And listen, he's looking for someone like a Jenna. He wants Jenna and Zach. You need to have a real connection. That's not, I don't know. They, they I just don't ship them at all. I think Kaylee could do better. And I think Nelson could do better for themselves. Nelson is so like, like you said, he's all over the place. And you think back to some of the recent seasons he's done where, you know, he was into Latoya and then he was like immediately into Sylvia. And, and he's, he's, yeah. he seems really moody. He's so moody and he's so all over the place. I think he just likes the idea of having a girl, but isn't necessarily holding himself to any sort of, it's not, it's not even a standard. Cause I think Kaylee's a great, I think she's a great girl, right? She's super hot and she's, she seems really fun, lighthearted, whatever. But, I mean, each human being should have something that they're looking for in terms of compatibility. And I don't think he cares about that. I think he's just wanting a girl. Yeah. And so it seems like a slightly desperation. Um, but yeah, anyways, that, that was a little bit of a bit. We go back to Redemption House. We have Jemmy and Jenna. I, I wrote in my notes that I was so excited to watch them perform because I, you know, I thought it was going to be the redemption challenge. And I, I was just so fucking sad that they didn't end up doing that. So that was pretty bummed. And it seems like they're really good friends now and they were strategizing. Eh. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a missed opportunity. We we could have gotten a lot of entertainment out of them this season. It could have been really boring, too, though, because just thinking thinking back to the way that Jemmy tried to play last season and she, like, tried to align with Johnny and she didn't do much. 
And then you got Jenna and Zach, which I feel like if you get too much of, you get bored of. So it could have gone either way with them. And unfortunately, they just went out really early. True. It did. It could have gone either way. I just I like Jemmy for a commentary. Um, a quick shout out to my sister who is watching this. Toba Suisa. I love you. That's my favorite Suister. <laughs> Whoa. You've never <laughs> met the other ones. I don't know the other ones. <laughs> Toba is pretty great, though. All right. So we go back into the main house. We have some more Zach and Jenna lovey-dovey talk. And Zach makes one comment, you know, to have what me and Jenna have, you need to have a girl like Jenna, which I thought was a little bit lame because it's obviously, you know, saying that Kaylee isn't a girl like Jenna. Obviously, Zach just means, I don't know. I just think that they're just, they're comparing apples and oranges. You know, Kaylee isn't what Jenna is to Zach because Kaylee doesn't like Nelson like Jenna likes Zach. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's not, there's not that same love there. So, obviously, yeah, you need a girl like Jenna. And by that, he means you need someone who actually likes you and loves you. And I don't think Kaylee's that person. So, Nelson, get out of your head more, boy. I think that, you know, you're a little delusional. Um, hopefully, he just calms down. He's just calm down. I don't think the right person for Nelson is on reality TV. I don't see Nelson <laughs> as a reality television relationship person. No, I don't either. He needs someone who's, yeah, definitely not in the limelight. All right, so Banana's calling out Shane, or Shane calling out Banana. It was like they were calling out each other. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. I mean, this is one of your favorite people. <laughs> well, we nailed this, obviously. Uh, we, we mentioned that, that Shane would be like someone that, that is going to try and figure out the voting system, that is going to try and work into his advantage. And also, this is classic Johnny. Mm. He did he does the same thing to Devin where he, <laughs> he tries to downplay them, but like he's clearly getting outsmarted or he's clearly like dealing with someone who who is intellectual and who does understand the game. So Johnny will just try and dismiss him like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot or whatever. But Shane knows what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think that's so that's so on point because you see Johnny, he's unraveling like he really is. You see him. The more that he gets called out, the more he loses his footing, the more he loses that hold on the house. I mean, he's just slipping slowly. So I think Banana's a little bit scared and we 100% called this. Shane would be going around trying to figure out the voting. You know, you and him are two peas <laughs> in a freaking pod. So... <laughs> I can't deny. It. I think this is just, yeah, definitely can't. So I think that this is pretty. This is pretty on point. I love that we had really called this before. It's great that we do these so we can see our predictions and how they yeah, go just on. Just remember this, people. You're dealing with experts. All right, we are experts on the show. We 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 know. Yes. We have a good idea where these voting patterns are going to go. You just got to listen to us. You may call us doctor. And <laughs> you get Angela and bananas, which I think is one of my favorite bananas relationships because he's being played he <laughs> is being so played and it's usually kind of the other way around and i just love the hold angela currently has on him so i hope she rings his she neck. was up on his lap she mm. yeah johnny's never really been that's that's never been a strength of johnny's game to be the one manipulating females are like pseudo politicking like that's that's the way ct used to do it and ct was the yeah. master of it like he yeah was, oh my god was mandy do you remember that um, <laughs> and anastasia and yeah. siobhan and mandy I mean, and, like, and he yeah. he had a couple those were great yeah, he had a couple go rounds and mm. angela is she, she's somewhat ct-esque you know she will fucking pop off on you and uh, uh -huh. and she she will flirt with you and she's working her way in with one of the, the 
the best players, uh, one, you know, one of the players with the best reputations. And she is on, she's got the upper hand here from what I'm seeing, just like you said. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I'm interested to see how it's going to play out for her, though, because I don't know if considering the fact that Johnny doesn't have the same kind of power as he usually does in seasons and he's sort of losing that. I'd be interested to see if this is going to help her or hurt her because, you know, let's say Johnny and Tony get out at one point. Is Angela going to be next on the target list because she was getting with them? At the same time, they have their safety net with Kyle and Faith. So I think those two girls are making a nice little duo, politicking their way through the house. I think they're doing an even better job politicking than the originator of the term, which was Ashley. So keep killing it, girls. I mean, episode one, I pretty much hated you, Angela. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, now we're at episode four and you are one of my favorite females in the house. So (laughs) that just goes to show. Um, All right. So let's move on. We have... Well, we can just, I mean, we'll just mention this. But Kaylee and Nelson, they had their little chat again, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of them in this episode. Still confused. We don't know what's going on. And at this point, I think we've we've talked that topic out. Back into Redemption. All right. They go back into Redemption House and they get the clue. I love when they get clues on their T-Mobile side. <laughs> and they get a clue and it's, you know, something about whatever, very ominous. It's never anything that you could guess. Um, and Polly's beef with Kyle is really funny to me. So I made this comment before Brad had made the comment during the episode, but they fit really well. And I go, he just doesn't look how he talks. And it's so true. It's like he's acting like some ghetto white boy that I don't know. It's it's like this hothead meathead whatever and the funniest thing ever was when brad goes he's from the fucking suburbs (laughs) and i died at that comment because it really put to words what i was trying to say and i don't know if that's just his persona for tv but i'm not really sure i watched the first maybe five or ten episodes of his big brother season and i don't remember this being him So maybe that just didn't come out in the beginning of the BB. I need to watch the rest or whatever. But this seems like a very challenge, you know, extravagant version of what is Paul. Yeah, I I have not watched his Big Brother season. I I don't have like a lot of experience watching Big Brother. So I, I, I can't say what I'm expecting out of these people when they come in here. I just I would expect them to be more strategic than than what I have seen um mm. in in terms of the way that they're playing the house politics th- this is like a crazy strategy that Polly's trying to employ right now yeah i could see that um all right so let's well we got some really interesting comments um i think that in terms of picking Devon and Josea, the fact that they were big brother, it does make sense because they were so close to them, obviously. But I think that there was also a potential benefit that they really missed out there. And we'll touch on that when we get to the picks. Um, that definitely was a huge missed opportunity in gameplay for those two. Yeah, so all right, so we we get we get cross. yeah we get to what we were uh, what we were expecting what was previewed. We get a redemption house uh, double cross explanation. So there's there's going to be you know the drawing that we've seen whether it's the double cross or the kill card or the skulls that mm-hmm. that format and that is going to determine a redemption competition to get back into the house and from there we get. Uh, Devon and Jose, they, they had the first shot at it. They did not draw the uh, the double cross. So at this point, we're in the Armageddon ring now. Everyone's shown up. 
uh, the, the, the surprise has been revealed and then Paulie and Natalie go and they select and they pull out the double cross. So now they are in the power. They're position. not in the Armageddon, are they? They were in some random place in the woods. Well, that's where it started cross. out. Um, oh yeah, 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 you're right. They, so they drew it out there and they won it out there and then they went to the Armageddon and it looks like they went where a serial killer kills someone. <laughs> that's where they like, we're pulling the double cross. It was so creepy. Uh, yeah, now that I'm thinking about there. it, it was kind of an unnecessary step. You could have done all of this yeah. in the same place. <laughs> exactly um i think what they were trying to do though was give an opportunity for uh you know some sort of politic political game that they could have played after the double cross was pulled to maybe get them to pick them for the you know elimination round so i think that that was sort of interesting um and the way there's one thing about the way that tj branded the whole double cross picking it just felt very mtv to me you know they're trying to brand and label this segment that they're doing um, called the four horsemen of the apocalypse which i thought was a really interesting title that tj said um so i thought that that was that was really weird anyway so yeah so you got paulie and adley who go up next which i thought was funny that they put two big brother people at the beginning yeah and and i know that some of the cast members had had something to say about that i believe marie said something about that in in her article where you know everybody thought it was weird that the big brother people went first and that i think the the picking order was was changed as the game went on that's that's what marie revealed today yeah that's interesting i i wasn't sure if production was trying to put them first that way they would have the le- the least chance of pulling the double cross because obviously probability wise um, you you have four options. So you're only at 25%. Or if they were putting them first because they wanted them to pull the double cross. So I, I couldn't really read where production was trying to go with that. I was hoping that they were going to give a slight advantage to Jenna and Jemmy and have them pull the double cross. Like just stage that shit so we can get our two girls in. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Yeah, obviously production was um, not on their side this season. Yeah, definitely not. So anyways, they gave them until the actual elimination to pick who they wanted to bring in. So Polly and Natalie picked the double cross. TJ says, you got to choose one person um, to bring in with you to compete, to go back into the house, and whoever you don't pick is going home. Um, that was pretty interesting. I thought it also meant that the person who lost the elimination was also going home, but actually those people just go to redemption again. So... That was pretty interesting. I didn't realize that that was what was going to happen. Yeah, it's it's like a whole lot of different stipulations and and conditions put mm. together, and uh, it you know it works. It's not the worst outcome in the world for for Paulie and Natalie. I mean, once that once they pick that double cross, yeah. they know like, all right, we're still going to be in the game no matter what. So mm-hmm. then they have. I wonder if they also know what the double cross looks like. <laughs> because you got to pick up on like it. from from what I remember hearing on free agents that i think isaac had figured out that the kill card was painted it was like painted a different shade or like it was easy he was able to pick up on what the kill card was and then apparently isaac or johnny i think it was isaac and then isaac apparently told kahuta on on mike and he was with without realizing that production was listening and was like hey i figured out what the kill card is so then i i want to say this was an interview that, that kahada did and then kahada came back and said like and then the next time we went out everything had been repainted so now now we couldn't pick out the kill card oh, damn yeah. all right that's challenge t for There's everyone yeah i think on mike definitely don't do that i'm pretty sure jordan figured out some something up with the handle uh, on on um what's it called was it dirty 30 yeah yeah dirty 30 yeah there was some i could tell the difference there was some it was slightly wider too you could see the proportions which is a little bit off uh, so i wonder if they'll pick up on that and maybe have some sort of advantage next time when they're picking 
Um, but anyways, from there, they go to the main house where they just get a clue, you know, middle of the night, everybody get on the bus. And obviously they know it's redemption because they weren't told to get into workout clothes. Yes. So they can stop acting shocked, even though production probably just yeah, told them Tony had some know. lines fed to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God, where are we going? Shut up, you know. All right. Next up, we get them into the stadium, into the dome. And here is when TJ lets everybody know what's going on and all the people walk out and the girlfriends start making out with the boys <laughs> ASAP. And it's a big reunion. <laughs> it was all fun and games. And then uh, it was revealed that Paulie and Natalie had drawn the double cross and they were in the, the, the power position here. Paulie is, is relishing every moment of this. Paulie knows relishing. he's coming in here to raise hell. Mm. Uh, and then he reveals that they are selecting uh, Devon and Jose to go against. How do you view that as a strategic move? So this is where I think that there was a potential missed opportunity. I think that if he had chosen, first of all, the two-girl team, which was Jenna and Jemmy, they would have likely won that elimination. I mean, I'm not, it's not guaranteed, but it would have been easier, right? It's not like, it's, it wasn't a lock if Jenna and Jemmy were there because maybe they both would have gotten it out before Natalie, their sledgehammers. But I think that they would have had a better chance. And I think that with that, they would have been able to approach Zach and Amanda and say, listen, we gave your girl the best shot to come back. We chose her. She said, right, even if she didn't say this, they could say this. She said that we should come to you. We should say, you know, we chose this. We'd love to work with you. And the fact that we didn't send her home, you know, she's still in redemption because we picked them, even though they lost, yes. right? If they had won, they could have used that strategy and that would have helped him. Obviously, they lost now. So it's kind That's of- That's a good you know, example of, you know, counter strategy, trying to think one move ahead, Whereas, like, in the moment, it's clear that, that Paulie was, was thinking revenge. He was thinking, like, I, I want to make waves right now. That That is, like, a veteran move that, that I would expect someone to make mm -hmm. and, and to try and use that to broker a deal where, you're, you know, you're thinking outside of the box. You're thinking on a couple different levels. Um, it's yeah. not what we got. Yeah, I, I probably would have done that as yeah. well. I, I think that's a, a very smart call. There's just more to work with if you do that. You know, I think I'm more of someone who would work on a positive level. So I try to do things that would benefit me as opposed to things that would hurt others. I would like to get into people's heads, you know, subtly and maybe cause a little riff here and there and, you know, have someone punch someone and get sent home. That'd be nice, right? But I wouldn't do it with a giant wave like he was trying to do. And I think what he wanted to do was sort of be, you know, I don't know, he wanted to be the knight of this season and get into people's head and be, you know, psychological and try and freak people out in that way and make them make mistakes in that way and i think that he just had a way bigger opportunity to go about it in a positive way do you agree with with greg when he says that it, it seems like production is acting somewhat anti-vet this season is, is that the way they're leaning um yes and no because i think that the people who are getting the most airtime right now are currently car and bananas so i'm i'm not necessarily sure if it's possible in terms of, you know, the way the competitions are leaning and things like that. But I don't know. I don't know if they're anti-vet. It does seem like they, have... they really are, are focusing on there's a there's a crop of newer players that they really do want to, like, get over with the audience and mm. bring back for more seasons and squeeze content out of. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think 
They know that so much of the challenge fandom is hesitant on the fact that they're bringing in, first of all, non-MTV people. Already, Are You the One people, there was a lot of hesitation. So I think the fact that they're bringing Big Brother people on and all these different casts, that they feel like they have to give us a reason to want them yes. back. You know, they want to show us that they can be these beloved cast members also. So I do think maybe they're trying to prove themselves in that way. I mean, you see some of the real OG vets like CT and Veronica who are definitely not getting any airtime. Um, so in that way, I can agree It's with been that. interesting. Like, I, I would, you know, maybe a year or two ago, I would have killed to see a CT Veronica team and see what content could come out of that. And there, there's just nothing being given to us. Me too. I want to see, I want to just see them compete together. I want to see them fuck up together. I want to see them do well yeah, together. I, I, I really that. want, I, I just, I want scenes of Shane and Veronica talking about, you know, old times that they have, that they've had on the show. And then like, all right, how can we strategize to beat these, you know, these new dummies, these idiots, these, you know, these, these kids yes. that, that want to be us. How can we work this to our advantage? And we're not getting that. And I, I wish that we would. I want to see Shane and Veronica manipulate a vote their way. That's what I want to see go yes. down. Cause I think they have the power to do it. They have so much experience. I mean, give us I that. I hope we get there. Um, um, is there anything I else you want to touch do. on before we get to the balls to the wall elimination? Um, well, there's just a few things in terms of the comments that were made towards Polly. There was a lot of shitting on Polly this episode from the cast, and I thought that there was some really great, great one-liners. Uh, the one that was from Amanda that I loved was the fact that you have to pick on somebody's girlfriend instead of face their boyfriend head-to-head. You look like a total loser. <laughs> so I absolutely loved Amanda's comment there. Pretty spot yeah, on. she she is she's really solid for one-liners. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, she's it's the way that she delivers them. Her her delivery is is it's great. it's so animated. Yeah, I love it. It's there's so much to it. There's there's so much spice uh, in that in that that tiny package. There is, and I think her and Zach make a good one-liner duo. He came in next, and he goes, "Paul, you squirrely little bitch, you're done." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got like a dry wit to him which which i can respect mm. I, I i deliver things the same way sometimes and uh I do appreciate that yeah definitely like definitely. he's super sarcastic um, and he also I, I don't know i just love the way that he sort of delivers things really cut and dry boom boom and it's like this is this is how it is and he also doesn't care to make himself look great you know he'll he'll say shit that's a little bit fucked up and know that it's probably going to get aired without any context yes. and just be fine with it um, Brad also made a comment. Let's hope they wore diapers, which is hilarious. But what the fuck are they wearing diapers for, Brad? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's definitely like an old guy Brad thing. Like, all right, sure, this will work. Yeah. Um, Let's hope they wear diapers. So, all right, it, it really does. <laughs> skipping ahead somewhat to the elimination here, it, it is really stunning to me that Paulie in the span of 24 hours lost an elimination to Cam and Kaylee and then lost an elimination to <laughs> Jose and Devon. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's pretty funny. I don't, I don't totally want to disrespect people, but I mean, it's, it's like, that's a Tyree level, like Danny from real world, Austin level achievement. What he's done. Oh he's and two. It's like ace man. Didn't ace leave like, right yes, away and yeah, right like away two, two or three straight <laughs> seasons ace was like first out or second out yeah um this goes in the hall of shame mm, it definitely does and for natalie too you know she presents herself i mean she's quite fit so it's not like she presents herself that way she actually is quite athletic but i think she cracks she just cracks she under has pressure. performed horribly 
horribly. In her last three eliminations, going back to when Camp took her out on Vendettas, on a, an elimination that was tailor-made for her. Mm. And then... I mean, that was yeah. really bad. And then you have what happened in the in the puzzle elimination with Polly, where, you know, it was clear, like, she didn't know what to do in there. She didn't know what was going on. And then you yeah. have this one where she, she could not get her sledgehammer out. Now, here's another thing. I'm going to assume... Maybe it was stated and I missed it. I'm going to assume that it that it was stated that, you know, you're like each person has to get their own sledgehammer out. Like you can't help yeah. them. Um that was stated. Okay. Yeah. So I mean she was so inept at it. I could not believe it. Well, I think that there when you look at how it went down, right, you see Devon, who was aggressively pulling, kind of doing the same thing, but then she got a whole maid and the greatest thing that she ever did, which I always want challengers to do when they're performing, is to just stop for a second and evaluate the situation because sometimes you already did it and you just need to maneuver things a little bit, I don't know, in a more clever way than just with brute force. So the same kind of thing, well, not the same thing, but in a similar situation you know, with the sledgehammer and Jordan and, and Zach, I always think back to the elimination or the tuk-tuk yep. ride and the momentum going there because you think to... The fact that a lot of times strategy is at play for these and you have to have the mental capacity to see that. I mean, even the ropes that Wes competed on against Kahuta and lost. Oh, in. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and Wes's the, elimination on Rivals yeah. 3 against Nate and Christina with the the, yeah. the big, uh, you know, drill that, that you had to drive into the windows. Exactly. Like all of those things are so specific. So Day, she just stopped for a hot second. She said, oh, shit. And she realized she could just sort of finick the sledgehammer yep. and pull it through that she, way yeah, so that was really clever and she got it figured out yeah to be fair to Polly, like yes he from what we saw he got his sledgehammer out before anyone and he just kind of had to congratulations stand around uh with his with his tool in his hand quite literally yeah um <laughs> so i do somewhat feel bad like that, that every you know we got to come down on him because of that he didn't even have a chance to try and break the ice open uh, True. It's conceivable that if he would have had any other partner, then he probably would have won that. But I don't know if that's true. That seemed really difficult to do with female arm strength. I'm not saying we can't do it, but I'm saying the way it was, like to pull as opposed to to push. I mean, that's that's hard to do. And I think what you needed more in that challenge was body weight and the ability to sort of pull your body weight back and use that yeah. as, I, as I momentum. That, and that, I uh, Jose was able to figure out the, the rhythmic part of it. He was able to get like a rhythm and a pattern to break mm. through. And he was able to convey that to Devon and, and, and kind of help True. her readjust the way that she did. So they worked really well together. Um, there's no doubt about yeah. that. The best. It seemed like there was a strategy with like shredding the wood. Clearly, and then getting it clearly. Through. Uh, yeah. The best quote from the elimination was Devon, obviously. And she said, uh, my fingers are numb. My weave is wet. And, <laughs> and then it cut to her, you know, <laughs> trying, trying to whoop the, uh, the sledgehammer out of there. She's so great. There was some great quotes during that. We can drop a few. So Marie about Natalie, she goes, a little rat stuck in a cage trying to pull a hammer. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. It's been pretty clear based on what I've seen after the episode that people are really not a fan of Natalie. I think Kara is. Kara is kind of defending Natalie, but I know Marie said some stuff about her. And, and it seems like a lot of people are, are anti-Natalie at this point in the house. I don't know why, though. What's the beef with Natalie? Well, that just leads me to believe like she's she's probably getting a more favorable edit if if people feel a certain way and these things aren't aren't making mm. it to air like we're not exactly we're not really seeing why people don't like natalie true 
We're not seeing true. you know why That's Devin so thinks that she's fake, which which he was saying last season. We're not really getting to see that side of it. Yeah, that's very true. I think we we miss a lot of that. I mean, you can tell from the fact that the whole thing with bananas didn't pan out during the season and then they went on the fake date mid while the season was airing obviously that in and of itself is is a very fake thing to do so i could see where they're coming from on that i'm just curious if there was other things that went down during the show that people dislike her about so um i would like to see that i'd like to hear about that there was some great one-liners at the end when Polly lost and Kyle was like, see you later, mate. Oh, yeah. We, we get to all the fireworks here. Like, shit starts going down. Polly starts going in on these people. Up. They are – everyone is laughing at him hysterically. <laughs> and they're just dying at Polly trying to run at them and say all this shit. Polly says to Zach – and, I mean, pretty much to Zach, Kyle, and Brad, Polly says – I used to knock out motherfuckers like you for fun. <laughs> Paulie <laughs> yelled to these guys. And <laughs> like as if what you knocked out people that no. look like Zach for fun. As Come on. Paulie in his real. life knocked anyone out. Okay. Maybe you've been in fights, but has he ever straight up knocked anyone out? I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't and think so. How tall is he? He's like gotta be like 20, 26, 27, maybe. No, how tall uh, how is tall he? is he? Five yeah. five. Five four. Okay, that's well, he can't be five five. Come on, he's, that's he's short. a short man. I'm five three. There is. I think Paulie's that's, maybe got two inches small. on you. Maybe three. All right, maybe five six. <laughs> I give him five six. Wear heels. I'll be way taller than him. Yeah, he uh, he's got. I don't know. That's that's really why I think so much of this is a performance because look at the guy. He can't possibly be. You can't be what you sound like. You, you just can't. That's not you, Polly. Like, you look so inauthentic, yelling and screaming and going ham. But at the same time, give us, you know, give us the entertainment. I'm fine with well, it. Well, uh, as, as I am known to do, I will point out the strategic move of the episode after all the shit that we've said about Polly. I <laughs> must say, him planting the seed with Brad him saying oh you know your girl is your girl is hooking up with her ex in the house you you should i did you a favor that she's not coming back to this house you don't want her and the look on brad's big dumb face Ooh, those <laughs> eyes picked, it was so perfect he's and, and i i wrote it in my notes if anyone is going to believe this it's going to be brad he's in the midst of a mm. midlife crisis he's post-divorce like if you say this to him he is going to believe it. And you just know that he's going to act on it in some stupid way. Well, it's, it's the calm before the mm -hmm. storm. I can see it brewing. It is. I can see like, it happening. Oh, yeah. In an episode or two or three, so he's, he's going to be like, oh, I don't know. You know, I, th I thought Brittany was my girl. Paulie says he's cheating on me. And he's going to bite. He's going to bite it hook, line, and sinker. So props to Paulie. That was magnificent. Mm. And we're going to get a ton of entertainment out of it because of that. One of the better parts of the move was just the fact that he's not going back into the house. So zero clarification can yeah. be made. Robert, Robert, I, I see you out there, man. What's up with you as well? I see you out there, Robert. Um, What's up, guys? We say hi. Natalie wasn't using her entire body. She was just using pure arm strength. She just gets very frantic in pressure situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that, Lenny. I totally did, agree with yeah, that. She I did think what that... Davon didn't do. She she did not take the time to readjust. Yeah, and I, I don't even think Davon was putting that much body weight into it, but I think that Josea just found a strategy that really worked for him and was, you know, suggesting it to her. So I think that that helped a lot in that area. Something that Tori said, which I thought was one of the quotes of the episode, I don't think he needs to go to a redemption house. I think he needs to go to a padded house. 
<laughs> I absolutely love that, Tori. I thought that was so on I'll point. Props. I'll give Tori props oh, on that. Um, that was so great. So we get to the end of the episode. And we so we've got Devon and Jose coming back into the house. We've got Paulie and Natalie uh, going back to the redemption house. We've got two teams that are gone. If you if you are Devon and Jose and you're going into the house, what is your move strategically? Like, what can you do? I don't you know, I think it's going to be tough for them. I, I don't know how they're going to get out of the scapegoat position that they're inevitably in. I, I don't know. And that's the big I difference think... between the challenge and a show like Survivor. If this was Survivor, they would have a vote and their vote would be deemed very valuable. And they would, you know, mm. they would be considered a swing vote. You know, someone who has no allies who you can bring in and it's a number you can rely on because they have no better option. In the challenge, it's all about eating those votes up and just getting them out yeah. because it's just yeah. going to be alliance versus alliance. And they're, I feel like they're going to get squeezed out probably right away or very soon, unless they can make a smart move and politics somehow. It feels like the only alliance that maybe would take them in, although I don't know how they all vibe together, would be the Kara Tori alliance because they were aligned with Natalie and Polly. Yeah, they just lost two numbers. Yeah, so I think maybe they will sort of take them in since they're friends with the other two. But it's going to be interesting. I trust Devon to do some sort of big brother gameplay work in the house and, you know, do the best that she can. But they're in a very tough bind challenge wise. A lot of times it just takes two or three challenges before you get out of the scapegoat position. You know, you just have to not be a rookie. That's what I want us to keep an eye out for next week. Like I I want to in terms of gameplay, and I really do like to put a focus on that when, when we have these these chats. Like I want us to keep an eye and see if there are moves that they can make and are they capable of making them. It's something that everybody should keep yeah. an eye out for. Yeah, I think that'll be good. We can potentially map out a strategy for them as we see them enter the house, yes. uh, which will be nice to see. So hopefully we do see a lot of that. And hopefully next week it's not just drama. I want to see a fucking challenge, a challenge that goes on for 20 minutes. Like, give me competition. Give me something visually cool. So the last line from Marie's article, and, and uh, like the cast members are not dumb. I'm sure they can see that there is some backlash over the way that these shows are being edited right now. And Marie said, and I quote, uh, and her article's up on on uh, on Betch, by the way. Is, is that it? Or, or, or yeah, yeah, Betches. Love Betches. Yeah, that, that, that was really funny when you were saying that earlier. Um, she says next week the challenge we all know and love is back with a vengeance. That's from Marie's mouth. So I think that we've gotten all of the you know all of the paperwork out of the way. We've gotten all all okay. We've seen all the drama. It's all played out, and now it's going to be competition from here on out. I think that's what she's trying to say. I hope so. I hope this means that they've now given us, you know, lots of the character stuff so we can finally love them and now we'll actually see them all compete. I'm hoping that's where they're going with this. I'm hoping that's what she means. So we'll see about that. Um, That'll be excited. And yeah, definitely check out Marie's recaps on Betches. I mean, she's a great writer. I was so surprised. Yeah, she's very well written and she's funny. Like her wit comes across in her writing. Yes, yes. And she's just, just a really nice writing style. So I'm a big fan of those. I think they're great. And on top of that, I think that Marie is one of my favorite returns of all time in terms of someone who's taken, you know, four or five challenge hiatus. I 
definitely feel like production was in the challenge fans chats when they decided to cast Marie again because I kept planting seeds all over the place a couple years ago being like bring Marie back bring Marie Marie St. Thomas Marie St. Thomas get her back Marie Rob da 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 because I just loved her in battle the seasons she was one of my favorite people that there season. was a strong push for Marie there were people that were vocal on the group especially you there were people that were vocal on Vevmo and she mm-hmm. she came back and she 100%. embodies like the old school spirit of the show you know she's not coming yes. on to start her f- personal training franchise and, and workout videos <laughs> yeah. she's coming on to talk some shit to fuck mm-hmm. with people to manipulate she's like a Susie and that is that is the spirit of the show you need that like she's not coming in thinking like oh yeah I'm gonna run seven 700 miles and win because I'm in such good shape she doesn't she doesn't need to bother with that yeah that's not her vibe and on top of that it's like just because she's not ripped like Carmia, her body is still fire you know she is still she still has to work out for that oh, that's yeah. not just something that comes yeah. about so and I like that she doesn't have to publicize it you know, she should yeah. let you know how much she's working out. She just does it on the low like most other human beings. Like bikini yeah. pick. You know what I mean? Oh, you look great. You're obviously squatting. So I think that's pretty it's pretty poignant. Um, we love you, Marie. We love you, Challenge. Hopefully we'll see some actual shit next week. I really want some competition. We will. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. But thank you guys so much for listening to us. If you like our episode, subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Please don't give us anything lower. Yeah, we don't accept anything below five stars, people. And uh, throw a like to the Facebook page, Saniac Podcast. Yeah, we're not looking for twos. And, you know, we'll be communicating through yeah. the week. If you've got any tea, send it our way. Uh, check, you know, wait for the Instagram that's going to drop. 100%. Catch us on Twitter. Catch us on Facebook. Catch us on Instagram. Handle is across the board at Saniac Podcast. And there is going to be some amazing content dropping on our Instagram soon. So lots of tea, lots of good juice. And we hope to see you guys next week. All right. I'm signing us out.